Good morning. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. We're so happy that you've joined us today as we get ready to go to the Word of God. And as we get into the Word of God, amen, we're going to be talking today about something so very important, especially now, and that is how to rightfully apply the knowledge that we gain from the Word of God to our life and to our circumstance, no matter what you are facing. I'm not just talking about the pandemic. I'm talking about living in a fallen world, in a faulty body, and all of the myriad of problems and pressures and challenges and tests and temptations that that is going to constitute. And friend of mine, every problem that you could ever imagine is addressed in the Word of God. And when we get that knowledge from the Word of God and we begin to apply it as it should be applied in our life, amen, then it becomes wisdom to us. In other words, a very short, and I know there's a lot more to say, but time won't let us go into all of those areas at this time. Amen. But basically, wisdom is knowledge rightfully applied. Amen. With all thine getting, get wisdom and get understanding. Listen, getting wisdom from the Word of God is the title of our teaching and our preaching this morning. And we're going to go back to a scripture about wisdom itself and what it does in our lives when we hear it and give heed to it. In Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 11, it said, The words of the wise are as goads and as nails. I want you to remember that this morning. The words of the wise are as goads and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies, which are given by one shepherd. That's why it leads us to the Word of God, and in particular, hallelujah, to Jesus Christ today. One translation said the words of the wise are like goads. They're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails. So the first thing I want to mention to you from the Word today is the Word of God is a motivational force. Hallelujah. The wisdom preacher here, as also the wisdom from the Word that he's preaching, is likened unto goads and stakes or nails. And the purpose of the goad in particular is to stir the slumbering into action. I want to say that again, to stir the slumbering into action. Remember when Paul used the word and reminded Timothy of the word when he was so deeply discouraged, even the gifts of the Spirit were laying dormant and stagnant in his life because of his deep discouragement. And Paul wrote him, in 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 first and second Timothy a letter to goad him on to encourage him <laughs> to wake him up <laughs> amen and he told him he said listen the first thing i want you to know Timothy is that you have faith because it was in your grandmother and it was in your mother 
Listen, faith didn't come, dear friend, because of, of, of just being in a home with people of faith. But he heard something in that home that brought them faith and would bring him faith. And the faith that he had could be used to stir up the gift that was in him. Amen. And that's what Paul was letting him know. You feel that you're so deeply discouraged that you don't have faith, but I'm telling you, you do. And if you use it to stir up the gift that's in you, praise God, you'll be able uh, to rise up and fulfill your ministry. Praise God. I'm so glad for this, the, the wisdom of the word today. I'm so glad to still be getting wisdom from the word today. Hallelujah. No, faith comes by hearing, dear friend, and hearing by the word of God. And the reason we go back to church is because it doesn't come by having heard. It comes by that constant renewing and reiterating. It is being exposed to God's word over and over and over. It is a continuous action. We need to hear the word of God to sustain the shield of faith in our life. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but they, they can't think. Listen, two reasons to go to church that draws me. Number one is the worship of God to get with other saints and give God the glory that is due him through worship and praise and adoration. And there's a secondary reason, and that is to get wisdom from the word. Amen. To receive the knowledge I need to apply that knowledge and, and have it become God's wisdom, and particularly wisdom uh, in the person of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. We can't live wisely without him, can we? His cross, His resurrection, His Holy Spirit empowering us is the only way to be truly biblically wise. This is the grace of wisdom. It's a gift, a fruit of the gospel, freely given to us by Jesus Himself. And I'm going to tell you about Jesus. He's the sage of sages, someone said. He's the wisest of the wise. He's a greater than Solomon, who was known for the gift of wisdom that God gave him. According to Matthew 12, verse 42, a greater than Solomon is here. Glory to God. Listen, and it's this wisdom, this knowledge of Jesus, if we receive him as our Savior, that causes us to be saved and becomes our salvation. Listen to 1 Corinthians 1, 30 and 31. In one translation it says, and for time's sake I'm just going to read this, and because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that it is written, Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Let him that glorieth, glory in the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is that gold, that, 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 uh, that absolute well, it, it it didn't hurt Timothy. It stirred him to action. It woke him up. That's the purpose, to stir the slumbering into action. It was a sharp stick used to convince, to awake, to move sluggish animals, to move into a desired path. 
Have you ever went into a church service and heard an anointed, appointed message from the Word of God, and it stirred you to do something differently in your life? Praise God to begin to apply the knowledge that you you had maybe for years, but now it's you're stirred to let that begin to be a life changing thing in your life. Praise God. Well, Paul told Timothy, said, Timothy, I know you got faith. You don't feel like you do, but I'm telling you, you do. Amen. Because it was in your grandmother and it was in your mother. Well, how did he get it then? He got it the way they got it. They got it the way that it comes. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And he told Timothy from a child, thou hast known the holy scriptures, which, it, oh yeah, amen. Faith comes by hearing. Hallelujah. That are able to make you wise unto salvation. In other words, Timothy, the faith that saved you is the faith's same measure of faith that is in you right now, that if you apply it through wisdom, amen, hallelujah, it is going to cause you to rise up and fulfill your ministry and overcome that deep discouragement. So he told him, God didn't give you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Now stir up the gift that is in you by the laying on of hands. That word stir up is one word in the Greek and, and it's, it's, it's about a fire that is about to go out because of neglect. No one is feeding any wood or any oil to that fire. It needs to be stirred up. Our family migrated here to Florida from Kentucky when I was 14 months old, over 72 years ago, 73 years ago, really. Amen. And, and I, I would, I would go back every year with my family to visit our relatives in Kentucky and many of them were still using wood or coal stoves and on a cold winter's night they would bank up the fire they would push it all into a pile and then in the morning they would bring fresh kindling or fresh coal to put on it and they would stir it up with a poker and and fan the flame and that's exactly what that one word meant in the greek in the new testament timothy you need to fan into flame that fire that is, that is about to go out because of neglect listen there may be someone listening this sunday morning that at one time you were on fire from for the lord but there's a catch here there's a caveat here amen to be on fire for god means you'll be under fire from the enemy and the devil has come against you, and he's not going to let up. He's not going to go away. And you know why? Because he fights what he fears. But the, someone has said this, and it's so true this morning. The devil is never too busy to rock the cradle of a sleeping saint. He wants you to stay Dormant, the gifts in you to stay dormant, the testimony of Christ that you have in your heart and needs to be coming out of your mouth. Hallelujah. Amen. He wants you to shut up. He wants you to dry up. 
He wants you to sit down. He wants you to just just go off in the corner and, and not be a visible, viable witness for Jesus. But God has another purpose in saving you. And God has another purpose in filling you with the Holy Spirit. And God has another purpose, hallelujah, in calling you to be a the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Hallelujah. Timothy had spiritual gifts granted him through the laying on of hands, called and appointed unto ministry by the Holy Spirit. But he was so deeply discouraged, he was neglecting the gift that was in him. And Paul wrote him to goad him on. The words of the wise are like what? Goads. And his nails fastened by the masters of assemblies, which are given by one shepherd. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. The purpose of the goad is to stir the slumber into action. That's why every time there's a true revival, we call it a spiritual awakening. Amen. We've been goaded on to get up, to stand up, hallelujah, and to fire up. Amen. The goad was a sharp stick used to convince, to awake, to move sluggish animals, to move them into a desired path. Therefore, the Word of God is designed to both illuminate and designate the path of righteousness and challenge us to begin to walk in that path. Listen to Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Literally, the word inspiration is God-breathed. As sure as God breathed into that form uh, of man when he made Adam from the red clay of the Garden of Eden, as sure as his breathing upon it, Spirit, God, the Spirit of God breathing upon it, and and man became a living soul. So the Word of God, hallelujah, is alive. Jesus said it, didn't he? He said, the words that I speak to you are not like any other words from anyone else. They are spirit and they are life. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. All scriptures given by inspiration of God, God breathed and is profitable for doctrine, and reproof, and correction, and for instruction in righteousness. This word reproof is the Greek word for conviction. And this word correction here means in the Greek a straightening up again. That the man of God might be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I like the old Phillips translation. It said, All scriptures inspired by God and is useful for teaching the faith and correcting error, for resetting the direction of a man's life and training him in good living. The paraphrase of this in, in plain language says to teach us what is true. And to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out. <laughs> Hallelujah. And helps us do what is right. We're being goaded by the word of God. To not just sit 
idle and not address these deep needs of our life. Amen. Hallelujah. You get under anointed preaching and anointed teaching. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit's going to go to work. And sometimes we'll be convicted. And that's a good thing because that's a God thing. Hallelujah. And God will show us where we need to, to, to change some things and change attitudes and reset the direction of our life and get back on the path of righteousness. Get back on the King's highway. Hallelujah. God's Word is designed to goad us toward godliness, to help us conquer the sinful tendencies of our weak flesh. If preached in holy authority by godly men and women and received with reverence and godly fear, it will cleanse and it will sanctify. Hallelujah. I like the Amplified also. It said, Every scripture is God-breathed, given by His inspiration, is profitable for instruction, for reproof, conviction of sin, for correction of error, and discipline in obedience and training in righteousness. Hallelujah. You see, it's the wisdom, the the collective wisdom of God himself is expressed directly as he inspires his word to us. God's wisdom is like a goad. Hallelujah. That's why we need to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. Amen. That's why we need to open the Bible and have a time where we read it and let it, let it read us. Hallelujah. And let it point out to us. Amen. What we need to know and what we need to change. Not just to condemn us, but to convict us in areas that we need to stir up gifts that we've let lay dormant. I, I, that, that, that is touching a nerve here in someone this morning. Someone that I'm speaking to this morning is a po- called, therefore appointed, called of God, therefore you're appointed of God. And if you're appointed of God, you are anointed of God. And if you're not fulfilling that calling, it's because a gift has been left through. You've neglected the gift. And I'm not saying that to condemn you. God isn't saying it to condemn you. He wants that gift stirred into flame. He wants that fire back. When the Holy Ghost comes, He doesn't just baptize with the Holy Ghost, the charismata, the gifts of the Spirit. We're baptized with fire. That glory of God, that Shekinah glory of God. Hallelujah. In your life, God wants that gift to be stirred back up. And you, by receiving the Word into your life, don't neglect the house of God. Don't neglect the worship of God. Come to church. Go to church where it's preached in authority under the anointing so that it can become to you a goad to encourage you, 
on and to wake you up and to shape you up. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know how many times I've sat under the Word of God and, and listen, I'm not just a, a shepherd feeding the sheep. I graze with the sheep. The Word of God inspires me. It convicts me. I've preached myself into an altar before. You say, preacher, you mean you were preaching you wasn't right? I was as right as I thought I needed to be until I got preaching the Word of God and realized I need to fix this as soon as I get home. Amen. In fact, I need to get down to the altar myself. And our congregation has seen pastor right down at an altar. Well, what were you praying about? Well, none of your beeswax. That's between me and God. But I'm going to tell you, I don't let it go when God points it out because I don't want to be defeated by my enemy. I want to bring up glory and honor to my king. Friend of mine, I've been preaching this gospel a long, long time. I have been a pastor evangelist since 1974, president, director, pastor, and evangelist of the Holy Church of God here in Tampa, Florida. And here I am at 74 years old with 47 years and counting. Uh, Oh, friend, if it wasn't for God, by His Word and by His Spirit goading me on in those desperate times, those discouraged times, those distracted times when I needed to reset the direction of my life. Oh, friend, I would have given up a long, long time ago. The shield of faith would have come down and the fiery darts would have come through. But I thank God I thank God, hallelujah, that through His grace, His mercy, and the wisdom gained and gleaned from the Word of God, that knowledge applied became wisdom. And this great King of ours, Jesus Christ, hallelujah, amen, hallelujah. He, he is, is the, is the cornerstone. <laughs> you know, the Bible said of him that he is the chief cornerstone. The faith is built upon the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. One Indian who became a Christian years ago under missionary efforts said, I know Jesus loves the Indian people because his name is Chief Cornerstone. Glory be to God. Well, that wasn't exactly what it meant. It meant he is the essential one that the faith is built on. Praise God. Hallelujah. The one we can't do without. God's word is given us. And the devil wants you to not open your Bible. The devil wants you to stay out of church. The devil wants you to think that you've got all you need and there's no point in wasting your time being taught the Word. You've heard that before. You know that Scripture. Well, faith doesn't come by having heard it, dear friend. Faith comes by hearing. It's in a continuous sense. I preach things I've preached before, and I'm reading things I've read before, but there's a fresh anointing on it. And it's like it becomes 3D and high definition and 4K and 8K. Hallelujah. It jumps out of the page and into my heart. (laughs) And then it is applied to my life, and things begin to change. Gifts begin to flow. I begin to be stirred up, fanning into flame 
of fire that threatens to go out through neglect. And that's what Paul told Timothy to goad him on. Number one, you got faith. Use it to fan into flame. Stir up is one word in the Greek. And it means to, to fan into flame a fire that threatens to go out because of neglect. Again, our family was from Kentucky. I went back about once a year, sometimes in the winter with my family, to visit the rest of our family. And they had coal stoves and wood stoves mainly in the little town that we were from and the surrounding areas that we visited with them. And at night, on a cold night, they would bank it up. They would bring it all the, all the embers together. And the next morning, uh, they would bring fresh coal or fresh wood to the stove. And they would stir up that that had been banked up. And a flame would appear. And when that flame appeared because they stirred it, then they would put the fresh fuel on it. Hallelujah. And the fire would begin to burn brightly and warm that house. Really, it didn't warm the house. It warmed that room. So everybody in the room is either sitting or standing near that stove. Friend of mine, I'm telling you, God wants to revive his church today. Hallelujah. Amen. He wants to restore that flame of fire once again. You may be discouraged today, but if God calls you, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. He hasn't changed his mind. He wants to change you. <laughs> he wants to bring you up out of that dark place today. And he wants to do it through the wisdom of the word applied in your life. Number one, you've got enough faith to get saved. You've got enough faith to grab a hold of that rope and let him pull you out of that hole you're in. Praise God. If the devil could have stopped you, he would have stopped you from ever coming to Jesus. Jesus, but the day you decided to come to Jesus, no devil in hell could stop you. Hallelujah. The Word of God is not only a motivating force, it's a stabilizing force. As nails fastened, firmly embedded nails, there is an absoluteness and a permanence in the Scripture. It's like a nail driven in and fastened. The purpose of the nail is to provide man with a stability and security, a place where a man can anchor himself during the storms of life, or a woman of God, or a child of God. God's Word is true, and it's unchanging. You can, <laughs> if you remember the old TV days, I'm old school, Beretta used to say something, and say it with such surety, said you can take that to the bank. Hallelujah. First Peter one twenty three says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of the grass. The grass withers, the flower fadeth. The grass withers, the flower fadeth, but the word of the Lord abides forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Jesus said it, didn't he, in Matthew twenty four thirty five, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Hallelujah. 
And because of him, 1 Corinthians 1.30, And because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So as it is written, let the one who boasts or glories, glory or boast in the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can't live wisely without him. His cross, his resurrection, his Holy Spirit empowering us is the only way to be biblically wise. Amen. And that's why the scripture said in James chapter 1 concerning trials and tests and persecutions. Amen. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men freely and upbraideth not. It's something God says, this is something when you when you understand how much you need it and you desire it, I really, really want you to have it and you're going to receive it. And that's another reason he's given us his son. And that's another so we could have the knowledge of how to be saved and the wisdom to be saved. Glory to God. And so through him, the word made flesh, we could have an example of how to live our life pleasing to God. Oh, friend of mine, the Bible said in Proverbs 4, 6, and 7, Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme, the principal thing in the King James. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it cost you all you have, get understanding. Uh, how many could use a guardian angel to watch over you? You know, wisdom, knowledge rightfully applied is like a guardian angel watching over us and protecting us. I want to read it again. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. Praise God. I've often seen a beautiful picture, and you've probably seen it, of a, of a child near a precipice where they could fall to their death or, or crossing a bridge where they could fall off into the water. And right behind them, you would see very near them, hovering over them, this beautiful guardian angel. Praise God. You get in God's Word, and you let God's Word get in you, and you and I give heed to God's word, and we will receive wisdom from the word. <laughs> and the Bible said, don't forsake it, because she will protect you. <laughs> Love her, and she'll watch over you. I don't know how many times I was just about to give in to something when the word of God would be brought to my remembrance by the Holy Spirit, because I've been exposed to it. I don't just preach and teach it, dear friend. I hear it, and by the help and grace of God, I try to heed it. And every time that I went with the Word instead of my way, went with the Word instead of, you know, there's a way. It seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the way of destruction. And the devil wants you out from under the Word. So you don't have a, as David said, thy Word is a lamp to my feet, and it's a light to my pathway. I tell you, I want, I want, I want to get in the Word 
I want the Word to get in me. I want to fan into flame every gift that God's granted me to bring Him honor and glory and to bring other people to the saving knowledge of Jesus. How about you today? Let's get in the Word of God. Let's get under the Word of God where it's preached in power and authority and in accuracy. Hallelujah. And let's get on fire for God in these last days. And let's see a revival. Let's see a spiritual awakening. That's when we're goaded and we're we're awake to righteousness. And we begin to turn our back on sin and turn our life toward that wonderful, powerful path of righteousness. As we're instructed in righteousness and we walk and apply that, we receive this wonderful wisdom from the Word. And we begin to walk in the victory and all the victory that God has provided for us. We love you and appreciate you today so much. If you don't know Jesus today as your Lord and your personal Savior, in these last moments of this morning's service, the song playing in the background right now is Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Hallelujah. Today, God's amazing grace has sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to go to the cross, to stay on it because nails didn't hold Him. Roman soldiers posted at the bottom so no one could take him down. That didn't stop him from coming down. The one hanging on that cross had all power over heaven and earth. He said, I have the power to lay my life down. I have the power to raise it up. Peter tried to defend him with a sword. He said, put up your sword. Because he came here to die for you, to die for me. He said, if my kingdom was of this world, I'd call the armies of heaven. Angels with swords and weapons of war would come and take him to heaven and there would be no salvation for man. But his love for you, dear friend, and for me held him firm till he said after six grueling hours of suffering, Tetelestai, it's accomplished. It's finished. Paid in full. The sin debt is paid in full for you. Don't forsake a gift this precious. Run to Christ. Confess your sins. Let Him be your Lord and your Savior today. Hallelujah. And God will keep you. And God will take you home. When Jesus comes, in Jesus' name.